0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc, episode number 286. Why is it that Kevin was able to get out and go talk about that he did this deal so quickly? Because he went out there with imperfect action. He wasn't the master. He wasn't perfect at his knowledge. He wasn't perfect at pricing homes. He wasn't perfect at anything that had to do with real estate. What he was is he was good at just taking massive imperfect action, getting out there and letting the story unravel. And then when something comes up that you don't know at that moment, learn about it.
1: the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffhein. You're listening to another
0: episode here on Wholesaling Inc. Super excited to be with you. My name is Cody Hoffhein. I'll be hosting today's episode. And we have got an incredible rock star rhino that's going to be sharing his story with you today. Now, before we get going... For those of you that are just brand new to the podcast, first and foremost, I want to welcome you to Rhino Nation to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast where we talk about wholesaling real estate. Now, what is wholesaling? Wholesaling is just simply the art of finding a deeply discounted property that then you can find many ways. There's more than one way, but you can pick multiple ways to then with that deeply discounted property that you find, how to turn it into huge profits. And we're going to share one of those methods with you today, because today we have Kevin Roberts from Houston, Texas. He's married, has three kids. He joined the tribe in January, but he has a unique story. He tried to do this a little bit, a little over a year ago, and he's going to be breaking down the story on what that little action actually did for him this year, a year later. So this is going to be some fun stuff. Get ready, get a piece of paper get a pen. And I really want you guys to really hone in on taking away an action item today. This podcast is, yes, it's meant to inspire and motivate, but if it doesn't get you to move to action, then it will be in vain. So let's get you out there taking massive, imperfect action. And Kevin is going to share with you action items that he took that you can then replicate so that you can go out there and get your first deal. Let's bring on Mr. Kevin Roberts. Kevin, how in the heck are you, brother?
2: I'm great. Thanks for
0: having me. Good, good. Let's get going into this. Tell us a little bit about yourself and ultimately what got you into wholesaling. What were you doing before you got into wholesaling?
2: So, you know, I still have a nine to five job, but really had some transformation of my thought process probably... Oh gosh, a little over a year ago, and everybody has, has read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and uh, probably read it 15 years ago. And I, I've got a kid who's, who's graduating. My youngest actually graduating high school this year. And I really was just thinking about my life and where I was going, and, and the type of effort I was putting into my nine to five. And um, I really wanted to change that lifestyle. I had heard the term uh, terminology life in there and living an abundant life, but I knew right now that I was basically just trading time for money and real estate continued to kind of come to the forefront. And I just really made a commitment that this is where I wanted to go because I knew that that would put me on, I guess you'd say, the right side of the quadrant. And no matter what, that if I could just determine my best path, which it's been a rough one to kind of determine where that is, it's 12 months in, that it would give me this opportunity to have more lifestyle freedom and uh, maybe financial freedom follows along.
0: That is awesome. So, Let's kind of go right into this. Let's break this down. And what we like to do for those that are new to the podcast is break down step by step what we do each and every day in our lives or how we find deals. And Kevin's going to do that for you today. He's going to break down step by step how he just did a deal recently. But this was a deal done just a couple months ago back in March, but it has such a unique story to it. And I'm super excited for him to share it with you today. So get ready to jot down some gold nuggets, but more importantly, take this same action and get out there and take some action. So Kevin, let's break it down. Talk to us about this first deal that you did. And when the phone call came in, let's go right to the beginning, how it all led to what you're gonna get into. So phone call comes in, what took place?
2: So I just set up all of my numbers to track the different lists that I was mailing. And, okay. it's through um, CallRail, right?
0: It, Is it through CallRail that you set up your numbers? Yeah. through.
2: Well, I was originally using Bumber, but I've transferred over to uh, CallRail now. Okay. And so you're so setting up this, CallRail
0: so you can track your, your marketing, meaning he sends out a list uh, or you send out direct mail to tax delinquent or notice a default, and he'll attach a phone number to each one of those different marketing pieces so we know who's calling in. Is that correct? That's correct.
2: Perfect. perfect. So I get it set up and that was my first week to send out mailings. And I get a phone call. Actually, it comes from a number that didn't coexist with the numbers that I just sent out for a code violation list and tax delinquent list. And it was, I recognized it as being a number that I had sent out uh, in March of 2018. (laughs) I tried. This is so good. I I tried direct mail and, uh, you know, I had been brainwashed. Direct mail doesn't work. And so I sent out this huge mailing for me at that point in time. How big
0: was it? How uh, big was the mail piece? How many? mail pieces did you send out in that march of 2018 I, a year ago.
2: I just sent one blast of 10,000 pieces.
0: Wow. Yeah, you did get after it. That's a that's a huge send out and you did it all at one time, right?
2: All at one time, I was going to take massive action. No idea what I was doing. <laughs> I, I used some green postcard. I don't even know what, what it said, really. And so it, it goes out and it was, it was just crickets. You know, I got hardly any phone calls and I had just spent all of this money. And so I had this poor, you know, just really bad taste in my mouth about direct mail. It doesn't work. Everybody says it doesn't work. And I just kind of shut it down. And so, yeah, so in February of 2019, right at 11 months later, I get this call from a lady and said, she says, uh, Kevin, uh, you sent me a postcard. It's been in my top drawer in my kitchen. I kept yours and two others. I want you to come out and see my house.
0: Wow. So, so I, a uh, year later, you get this phone call. And this happens to be a month into joining the tribe. You're building up the foundation, going through it. And here a phone call comes in that you're like, wait a second. <laughs> What? This is awesome. I haven't even sent out mail yet, and you're getting this call, but you sent it out a year prior. Keep going.
2: So, so I go out to see her, and, and I know this area, which, you know, we, we got hit hard by the floods during Harvey, and yep. uh, this area that had that flooded. So she told me, you know, my home had flooded. She had moved out of it. She had not been living there. She had, uh, moved to St. Louis, and had been waiting for her daughter to graduate uh, college here in Houston, and um, she was just ready to sell. But, uh, my fear was that, uh, you know, I was going to run across some pretty significant competition, some guys who, you know, or gals that knew that area really well. And, uh, so I was super nervous about, you know, what pricing I was going to come into, but I kind of knew, you know, I was doing the methods that I was still going through the process of learning here how to price something. I was pretty confident in what the price was going to be. So, um, at that point in time, I knew I wanted to offer her Mm $207,000. And, um, what does something asked, like
0: this look like when, you, when you're talking that number, just to kind of give us a, a little perspective. If this home was in perfect condition, what would something like this go for?
2: Uh, this home is probably going to be a um, almost 400000 after repair value home.
0: Okay, 400000 And I'm assuming the floods do quite a bit of damage, not just your typical, hey, go in there and fix the carpet and the paint. Like you're probably doing a, a, a full almost gut job when something's flooded. Is that correct? It was,
2: and unfortunately for her, she had uh, remodeled right before the flood. Oh man, yeah. So you're thinking it could sell
0: for 400k when it's fixed up, and you're thinking, okay, my number needs to be around 207,000. Okay, keep going.
2: Because I knew that the rehab was going to be pretty extensive because you know all the walls were ripped out. I mean, all the, the appliances needed replacing. She had you know ruined all of the tub that she had put in. So I knew it was going to be pretty expensive. So I walked it with her and um, she comes back at 220. And so I just kind of walk away a little bit disappointed. And um, I just held steadfast. I said, look, I I really just have to be at 207,000. And she goes, okay, well, we'll, we're going to meet with everyone else and we'll let you know. So I thought it was pretty much dead. She calls me probably two days later and she goes, okay, 210. And I said, okay, um, how about, can you not do 207,000? Is there any way we can do that? She goes, 210. And did sure. So I go, okay, I'll take the 210. So <laughs> I, uh, all right, this works. <laughs> yeah, that works. You know, I was like, I was so close. I was like, surely I can make up that $3,000 somewhere, right?
0: <laughs> well, here, Kevin, here's something to point out that I love already is I want to ask, maybe I should have you tell it. So are you at this moment, are you perfect at your numbers? Are you perfect at wholesaling? Are you perfect as an investor? Do you know everything and you're just the master of this all at this time?
2: Oh, no way. You know, just what I know now compared to what I knew then Four, you know, three months ago, four months ago, I mean, it's a significant difference.
0: This is crucial. So everyone listening, why is it that Kevin was able to get out and go talk about that he did this deal so quickly because he went out there with imperfect action. He wasn't the master. He wasn't perfect at his knowledge. He wasn't perfect at pricing homes. He wasn't perfect at anything that had to do with real estate. What he was is he was good at just taking massive, imperfect action, getting out there and letting the story unravel. And then when something comes up that you don't know at that moment, learn about it. But so many times we go into wholesaling thinking we have to know everything. Like I've got to be prepped because what if this home's in probate and it hasn't gone through probate and I don't even know what probate is. And so I need to now look at probate. But it's like we prepare for all these what ifs. And 99% of the time, these what-ifs never even happen. And so we get into this almost analysis paralysis. And you you didn't. You just went out there and said, yeah, I might make some mistakes. Yeah, I might not do it right, but I'm going to go out there. And you did it. So 210, you're able to put this under contract. What was your learning behind it? Why did she pick you versus other individuals? Was it simply you were the higher price? Or did she have something that she really liked about you to do business with you?
2: You know what I what I learned later on is she just uh, we had built some really good rapport and I uh, spent a lot of time with her. You know, even she she liked to text a lot, and um, so we just we'd go back and forth talking about the house, talking about you know her kids' graduation, talking about them moving back to St. Louis, and so you know we didn't spend a ton of time once we kind of determined you know a price. You know, we just we spent more time just kind of learning about you know the circumstances and trying to to meet her needs and the timing of when she wanted to close, which was really important for. Her. So I, I think that had, had a lot to do with it. So awesome.
0: So, uh, and, that, and I, I have to back that up. That's so true. Because it sounded like she had other offers. She had other opportunities. But what's, I don't think it's coincidence that she came back to you. I don't think it's always attached to price. I think the fact that you took time to talk to her and treat her like an individual has all to do with it. So keep going. What does that look like now that it's under contract?
2: So it's under contract at 210 I decide I'm going to market it for 225 Mm-hmm. So, and, you market uh, the contract so, to
0: like cash buyer's list?
2: To cash buyer's list, which okay. wasn't uh, huge at this point. But, you know, I had spent some pretty good time trying to build the list up. So, I, I send out and decide I'm going to go through. I just learned about the inspection method. And um, so, I've decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try this inspection route. And um, I set up an inspection for, it was like three or four days later. And I asked her just, you know, to give me. Give me two hours um, with a home I sent out the email blast and uh, not a huge response to it I mean I had uh, four or five people show up to the event okay several contractors people had sent contractors out and kind of crickets you know I didn't get a whole lot of feedback at that point in time I, I started to to hear back from a few people saying oh you you know you're overpriced a little bit so you know I've got all of these doubts in my head something oh gosh I might have to go back and ask for a reduction or you know, she's just gonna go with somebody else again. And then I had had one person come back to me and said, you know what, we we think we can do it for two twenty five. And you know, we, we locked it up and signed that contract on let's say two weeks later. So, okay.
0: So you you market the contract cash buyers and you get people to come to the inspection. A cash buyer's like, Yeah, I love this and you were able to what is called uh, for those listening it is like an assignment where you assign the contract to someone to go close on the property and then you make what's called an assignment fee. So on this one, you were able to put that assignment under contract at 225. So if I'm doing my math right, you made 15,000 on this deal.
2: Yeah, 15,000. Here's the other learning curve. This the individual that was buying it uh, was required I mean, and I'm not sure why, because it's somewhat of an institutional buyer. They wanted double close. So that was my first double close experience at that point okay. in time. I thought I was going to assign it, but it ended up being a double close, which was a little bit more costly.
0: Sure. What was the end thing when it comes to like an actual value? What were you able to net take home?
2: We, uh, just over $10,000.
0: Just over 10000 Now, Kevin, you know what's coming, right? I do. All right. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. We've got the victory bell, my man, ring in the background for Kevin Roberts for a huge, huge win. Now, here's something I want to tell them about, uh, and you could tell them about actually, is what's really cool is he's telling you about his first deal. But now year to date, how many deals have you actually closed on for 2019 besides this one deal?
2: So I've closed uh, five deals as of uh, yesterday.
0: Five deals as of yesterday. You've had this one obviously for a little over ten thousand. One, then your second deal, you said when we were talking a little bit before this, was that one for fifteen thousand? Uh fifteen thousand. Awesome. And, and then uh, the third so, deal.
2: So third deal was five thousand.
0: Okay. I'm adding these up. Fourth deal? Ten thousand. So we're at forty, right? Am I
2: correct? Forty, right. and then the fifth deal. Now this one was a good one. Forty six thousand.
0: 46,000 is what your fifth deal came in at. Right. So, total, were we at? So, we at 86,000. Did I just do my math right? That's right. five deals. This is the power of consistent effort for every one of you listening. So many times, just like Kevin, and he will attest to this, it's not just easy. He had to get uncomfortable. He spent a lot of money back in 2018 on one blast and it didn't come back very fruitful and it gave him a bad taste. And then he's like, okay, I know I still need to get into wholesaling. And he gets back after it in 2019, a year later, this deal comes back, but since then has done four from his consistent effort this year. Now, the beautiful thing is he's not a professional at all this. He just went out and took massive imperfect action. Was it easy? No, in fact, Kevin, was this easy? Is this something that was just a smile on your face through every moment or get quick like get rich quick like how was it so they
2: can understand the picture of this uh no not not easy at all. I mean, the learning curve's been pretty steep, and um you know you've got a lot of nights of just you're sending out your mailing and uh is this the right mailing? Am I wasting money here? I mean constant doubts about the whole process, but uh you know the domino effect that I'm starting to see. You know, just with the lead generation, and you know, I've got multiple people that we're just continuing to have conversations with. I just think it could potentially be huge, huge towards the end of the year. But yeah, you know, easy now it has not been easy.
0: So here's the beautiful thing, though. It's it's this consistent effort. You got uncomfortable, you stayed uncomfortable, and it paid off. Now going forward, what's nice is it's no longer this like faith and hope process. You now know it, like with assurity. You now it's it's now a fact that this works. And so making your motions going forward, your, your action that you take now going forward, it has so much more confidence. You don't sit there and question or doubt or worry or, oh man, is this gonna work? Is this gonna come back? Now it's like, okay, this has been proven five times. Now I'm just gonna throw some gas on this. Do you see yourself always doing this part-time or do you see yourself at some point transitioning into this full-time?
2: Uh, I think it'll always be part-time for me or at least you know for the next you know, four or five years you know, I, I do enjoy my other business and, um, awesome. but I think really and truly, you know, my next goal, once I get to some point, maybe at the end of the year, we'll be really learning how to scale this. And, that is um, fantastic. You know, I th- yeah, I, I think I can reduce the number of hours. I mean, right now I'll do, you know, meetings with uh, sellers in the morning before work or at lunch or in the evenings. And, I don't know if that's sustainable and continuing to have that life of abundance and time with family, sure. but um, I think the ability to scale it, which I've seen you and others do uh, to me is is pretty exciting, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I do have, um, you know, I've been known to get ahead of myself and do things before. <laughs> <with time.
0: laughs> that's awesome. The shiny objects start like once you get a little bit or, or you taste a little success, it's like, hey, let's do this now. And and I love that you're taking an approach that is very thoughtful and you're taking some time and making some purpose behind it. So that's, that's incredible. Well, Kevin, we always end our podcast two questions. And before we get to those, this has been an inspiring story. I've jotted down like three things that I'm sitting here looking at, like great action items that I can go and relay to my team. I love doing this podcast because there's so many times that I can go back to a team meeting and say, hey guys, listen to this, what Kevin did in Houston. And then they get these huge takeaways away. So amazing, amazing takeaways from this podcast, but we always end with two questions. First and foremost is knowing what you know now, usually looking back, it's usually 2020 vision. What would you have done differently? Or maybe what would you have done the same that would be worthy of sharing with our audience that might be at the beginning stages?
2: Well, I think there's really you know, two things there. Consistency was obviously a problem since I just mailed out once and stopped. But I think the reason that I didn't know consistency would work is because I did not have the right mentorship. I didn't have a benchmark of what success looked like. And I didn't have people around me that would share that, hey, look, guess what? You do have to do this consistently. You do have to mail out every eight weeks. You, know, you do have to mail them Three or four times, don't give up. And, um, you know, I've been able to, the tribe's given me that. It's given me the do's and don'ts. I see successful individuals. I see people who are going through the same struggle that I I am. And so now I do, I feel like I have a benchmark of where I should be. And I have others that I can reach out to if, you know, if I've got questions or doubts about, you know, what I'm going to do next.
0: Fantastic. I love that advice. Second question would be, a book that you've read that's been game changing, whether it's been on mindset or spirituality, you name it, it can be anything. I'm not tying it to any one
2: category, but
0: a book that's been game changing that you'd want to share with the with the audience today.
2: Well, for me, that's easy. Um, you know, there's been multiple books, but you know, one that really stands out with Gary Keller is the one thing.
0: Oh, good book! Love that book. What did you love about it?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for me, you, you mentioned it's shiny object. It's, um, you know, we, we hear, oh, it's a uh, pay-per-click, it's a uh, direct mail, it's it's cold calling, it's uh, SEO. To me, I knew I needed to just stop. I needed to stay focused and I needed to give massive action and keep it very narrow and focused. And to me, it's been direct mail. So, you know, I've, I'm going to be the best direct mail marketer possible. And that's been my focus. And I'm going to learn how to source deals. And uh, the one thing just has kept me super narrow and my focus and approach. And and I have to go back, of course, obviously I've got great notes from the book. I continue to read those in the morning just to remind myself because I I am fearful that I, I may get veered off to the left and right. And so I'm just trying to continue to stay right down the middle.
0: So amazing. But the beautiful thing with this approach, Kevin, is once you have a system and a lot of people, here's what happens is they're like, oh, well then when do I ever expand? Yes. Kevin at some point is going to expand past, but what I love that he said is he's going to become the master first one channel and that's direct mail. He's going to be the best at it. And then Kevin's the type of person that's going to be smart enough to now put a system and a process and maybe a team member in charge of it so that he can bring on the second marketing channel but there is a strategy on how to do this and be uh, successful because there's so many individuals that will go into so many things at once. And Gary Keller's book just breaks it down, like, no, the one thing. And if you bring on team members, each team member should be focused and in charge of just one thing, not 10 different things or two different things, but just one thing. And those businesses grow and and, and succeed. Great book. Awesome, awesome book. But Kevin, I want to thank you again So much for being on this podcast. There's so many people on this podcast listening right now that are at the beginning stages that this story resonates with. They're probably questioning can I do this on the side or does wholesaling require doing this full time? So I think there's so many things that you've shared today that allows them to, to realize like, Oh my goodness, I can do this. So thank you so much for being on our podcast today.
2: Oh, you're sure. Welcome. I mean, I appreciate what you do. And uh, you know, I've, uh, my morning walks consist of listening to someone else's success stories or failures. So I, you know, I, I hope that I was able to get back something today.
0: I know you have. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for those Rhino nation listening today, What an amazing podcast. This is something that should give you so much motivation, inspiration to let you know you can do it. You can even do it part-time. You don't even have to do it full-time. And one day, you might realize that you'll have the option to go full-time, but what an amazing story of someone that just went out there, tried it, and got a little bit of failure that knocked him out at first and is like, ah, this doesn't work, or ah, direct mail's dead, but then knew that things still weren't changing to the way he wanted his full life to be got back into it a year later, and now he's finding some consistent deals each and every month. And that can be your story. And if you'd like help building your wholesaling business, head over to www.wholesalinginc.com where you can book a call with our team and begin to have that chat to see if we're a good fit. See if it's something that makes sense. And if so, we would love to get you going and build up your wholesaling business with you so that you too can get your first deal Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. God bless you guys. And we'll see you on the next episode.
1: That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.